Welcome to the Savage Voice. This is Amy. And Nikki. And this is episode three on hope. So first, I wanted to start off with just asking you, Nikki, what does this intention mean for you? What is your definition of hope and being hopeful? Yeah, so I've had to really think about this one because hope, admittedly, isn't something I really think about very often. So for me, I think hope is more of a starting point into whatever issue or problem or thing I'm trying to overcome, whatever I think I would be hopeful about achieving, I kind of use it as a base to start digging deeper into what I'm trying to realize I'm moving. So I was hopeful to get out of apartment living and start to find a real home that helped me start to figure out, okay, what do I need to do to get there? What do I need to save? What do I need to change about my lifestyle to get me to that place? So really for me, I think it's more of a starting point into whatever I'm currently working on. I think actually exactly what Vivi had in mind. She thinks about it as a catalyst Mm-hmm. to start your your planning and your movement. So hope can't just be sitting around and wishing for things. It has to start you working towards something else. But first you have to figure out if it's realistic, you know, and if it's it, doable. And by doable, not necessarily is it doable right this second, but is it is it long-term doable? You know, there are some goals that... You can wish all you want, but no matter what happens, that's not going to be the end result. And then there are some hopes that, like with your house, this is doable, but now I have to figure out how. I have right. to come up with a plan and the steps and and make it go forward. And you probably had lots of little steps along the way. Mm-hmm. Was it helpful for you to be reaching small goals so that this hope of a house didn't become so far away that it was too hard to continue moving forward. Oh yeah, definitely. It's interesting because when I heard that this month's intention was hope, I was like, oh my God, how do I even feel about hope? Right? Like when I think about hope, I think of somebody who is going through chemo and you hope that it works, but you can't control the medicine. Right. And then I was so stuck on that definition of hope that I was like, okay, I have to dig deeper than this. Hope can be bigger than wishful thinking. So now you're rethinking this Mm -hmm. whole idea in, in what way? Making it more realistic, I would say. Okay. Um, Because I'll have a random idea or random thing that I want to achieve. And then I have to figure out, is that actually achievable? How do I get there? What are the parts of it that are not achievable? whether it's financial limitations or other people factoring into whatever it is you're trying to do. You can't control every single possible little thing in your life as much as you want to. So you wanted something to change Mm -hmm. and then you had to realistically look at it. But in order to continue moving forward with it, you had to be hopeful that it would work. You had to 
first want this thing and then feel positively that it was going to happen. So how mm-hmm. long has this whole process been between I'm done with being in an apartment, I need a change, this is what I want, now you're getting ready to move? So I wanted to be done living in an apartment about three months into living in, into an apartment. Other factors like how much money I made, I just had to be patient for a long part of it. I had to make the right amount of money. I had to be secure in being alone and doing everything by myself. Cause you know, it's just me. And so a lot of it was patience. Patience played a huge part into being hopeful. I had hope that I would get there. I just kind of had to wait. Not everything is going to be immediate. Okay. I want it now. I'm going to go get it now. But in terms of the actual house buying going into it, I was rather hope hopeless because the market right now is insane. There's just so many different factors now that when I started, I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I'm never getting a house. Like, <laughs> this is oh. not going to work. <laughs> um, like, how can I beat out families? And so I just, I had to sit with that and turn it into something realistic. This might take you a year. You might have to put down more money than you want, which I ended up having to do. I had to sit and be realistic about it instead of just wallow in, oh, woe is me. Like, hopefully this works out. Maybe not. (laughs) Right. Which is taking actually into account both things. The positive aspect of hope that keeps you moving forward and the fact that sometimes you have to sit places and trust that that positivity will get you to the next step because you came up with a process and you have to trust your process. And, and you know what? It worked. It totally worked. Really? I, I only looked at three houses before I found mine. And the first two, I was like, oh, these are terrible. Hate them. Don't like them. And then I was feeling kind of shitty. And my mom was with me on this for the second one. And she said, can you just look at one a little bit higher than your budget? I know that you can do it, even though you're scared, but let's go look at one. I looked at that house, fell completely in love with it, and was just like, you know what? I'm going to take a leap of faith and I'm going to submit an offer for this house. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a letter to accompany my offer all about how I'm a single woman and I've been super focused on my career and all that stuff. But now I'm ready to put down roots and, and call someplace a home. And it turned out that the woman selling the house was also a single woman who'd done everything by herself. So even though there were multiple offers that were higher than mine, she wanted to pass it down to me because I was like a younger version of her. The stars just completely aligned. And I was like, this is why you trust your process. And this is why you don't give up and sit in the negative because something will click right eventually. And it did. Right. And it clicked right eventually because you kept doing things. Like you had to write the letter. You couldn't just sit around and hope someday somebody would show up with the house and want to give it to you. Yeah. I think sometimes people think hope is about that. I hope, I hope, I hope. And that maybe someday someone will knock on the door and they will tell me they have a house for me. And that is not really what it is. No. Yeah. At all. It it really is about making a decision, making some plans and moving forward and using that hope to push you from behind the whole way. 
It's time to focus on yourself and commit to your own self-growth. Savage Intentions provides tools, structure, and support rooted in feminine energy and the feminine experience. Step away from the distractions and stresses of every day and hold space for self-improvement and discovery. Find your energy, harness your emotions, and make small changes leading to overall fulfillment. It's time to take action and start your journey surrounded by a community of support. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about the Savage Intentions programs and choose the one that's right for you. So I did talk to Vivi a little bit last week about being hopeful versus hopeless. And when I mentioned that to you, you're like, oh, that is a thing I want to talk about. I think maybe you and I have a more similar experience with how that plays out in depression versus hopelessness. I've probably been depressed since I was a little kid, but I wasn't diagnosed until I was 30. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. So I didn't know that's what that was until I was in my 30s. And I am medicated. I love medication. But then I hit this really awful stretch of having babies and getting really horrible postpartum depression on top of the regular depression. So I've felt all these different versions of depression over time. Some of them chemical, some of them hormonal and chemical, like, well, hormones are chemicals, but some of them brought on by that. And then some were situational because things were just bad. So what is your experience with depression and dealing with that as just a human to start with? Oh, I'm super open about this. Yeah, I I am too. I think it's not worth being secretive. (laughs) I completely agree because you can help someone out there just by talking about it. So same. I think I had been depressed since a kid. It really got brought about when I was a teenager and I hit puberty and my body changed and I got curves before everybody else. And I was tall. So like there's, I was just bigger. Oh, same. I was this height in sixth grade. I was almost 5'10". Yeah. (laughs) It's awful when you're a girl. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I don't know the exact age gap between you and me, but I think even for me, body positivity was not a fucking thing. So I just turned 46. Okay. So you just turned? I turned 30 at the end of April. Yeah. So there's a 16 year (laughs) gap and a lot of stuff changed between those two times Mm -hmm. of being a teenage girl, but I have a feeling a lot's going to sound exactly the same. So, yeah. (laughs) So that's when my depression hit really bad. I was borderline suicidally depressed and when I was a teenager because I just hated what I looked like so much. I'd rather just die than deal with it. Thankfully, I never tried. Then in college, it got even worse because I went to a school with a bunch of pretty girls. <laughs> and oh, that did more, make it hard. Yeah. Yeah. More just put me down in that awful rut of being bigger. I was depressed mostly through college. Then a little bit outside of college, I got a little bit better. Because I think I put a lot of my personal self-worth into my career. Like that brings me a lot of like self-happiness being successful in my career. So that helped. 
a little bit, but then I would still waver. I would go in and out of depression spells because I still hadn't focused on loving me (laughs) and my body. And only in recent years has that gotten better. I have not had a depression spell for a solid couple of years now. So I think yours is a little different than mine then, because mine is pretty much consistently there. I I mean, I will be on medication probably the rest of my life in order to function properly. Mm -hmm. So that is a little bit different because we were talking before about looking at the difference between depression and hopelessness and that it is sometimes hard to tease those apart if you're somebody who is depressed or has experienced depression at any point because they can feel similar in your brain and in your body. And one is something that you need somebody else to help you with. And one is something, if you're hopeless, you may need somebody to help you with that. But a lot of that can be internal work because that's about changing mindsets and situations. And depression is not about changing mindsets and situations. Depression is an illness like anything, any other illness. And that's something that you can't wish away. So, so you, you were saying, you know, you've had trouble sometimes teasing the two out. What has worked for you? Yeah. So I was thinking about this when we were texting the other day and like the difference between hopelessness and depression. And I was thinking, I was like, which one's fucking worse? I I couldn't decide which one sucked more. But in terms of pulling myself out of it, man, honestly, I just had to parse it down to like nut up or shut up. Either you need to do the work and pull yourself out of it, or you're just going to keep falling into this hopeless mindset of like, I hate everything. Nothing's going right. My life sucks. I'm the worst. All those horrible things that you feel when you feel hopeless. And I think what it was for me and like, you know, hopefully nobody out there like needs to get to this point before they figure this out. But it was just remembering sitting in a bathroom with a broken apart razor blade, just wanting to just slash. And I never, ever, 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 ever want to get there ever again. So sometimes I just think about that and I'm like, "Mm -mm, we are not doing this. You either need to go to therapy and get help or figure out how to pull yourself out of it. I think maybe teasing apart the two things is it, it was funny because when I started first talking to to Vivi about it, I was like, look, I really want to at least have a small discussion about the fact that these aren't the same thing. And as somebody who's had depression for a really long time, but wasn't diagnosed with it until they were 30, when people confuse hopelessness with depression, they keep telling you to just be more positive, you know, change the way you're doing things, whatever, and then you'll feel better. And that doesn't fix depression, no. you know, so you get, it doesn't fix that at all. So you're sitting there thinking there's something wrong with you because everyone else is saying, well, just stop being sad. Right. And or like, go work out. Yeah. Or go work yeah. out. Yes. If you, if you work out, the endorphins will make you feel better. And quite, I mean, like that's, they do, but it's not going to fix depression. And no. 
And, you know, even like working really hard is not going to fix depression. Yeah. And it can go fast. Like one day you'll be fine. And then the next day you wake up and you're like distraught over everything. And you're like, what the hell? And then, oh yeah. Okay. Hey, depression. What's up? Welcome back. Yeah. So for me, the, the first time I was able to tease it out was during the time that I talked about in this last um, episode was I was in a situation that would make anybody scared mm-hmm. and upset and probably situationally depressed. We were getting ready to lose our house and I had just had a baby <laughs> oh, and it was during the uh, recession in 2008. So I already knew I was going to get postpartum depression. I had with my first kid. I knew I was prone to it. I had stuff set up for that. But on top of that, we were going to lose our house. I had these two babies. I didn't have a job. There were a whole lot of intersections between reality actually being not good and my brain and body not being able to handle it. And I think a lot of people looked at the situation and were like, well, just work your way out of this. Like you, you get another job, do another thing, whatever, and work your way out. I had to fix the depression before I could do that. Yeah. Right. So that had to be dealt with. But then by then I just sat in hopelessness for a really long time. I could tell that this was not my brain having shut down and around me and not allowing me to function Mm -hmm. versus This isn't going to work and coming up with all kinds of like a list of reasons why stuff wasn't going to happen. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of excuses. I mean, some of it was real. I had a baby and I had two babies, you know, so I couldn't like be like, well, I'm just going to go work at McDonald's and get money because Mm -hmm. by the time I put them in childcare, I would be making negative money, you know? So some of those things were real, but if you're hopeless, you can't start to see some sort of path because you're like, fuck it. Yep. I'm going to just lose my house. I'm going to live in a box with my family. (laughs) I literally started trying to figure out what we would do if we didn't have a place to live anymore. And I spent more energy on that than on how to fix the situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that is where hopelessness sits, where you're spending more time, more time on the no more time on the, I can't and less time on the, what, what if let's look, let's move yeah. forward. Cause I feel like it almost like a pattern that you're, it does goes into, I mean like depression, your brain ain't working right to give you the happy, but the hopelessness I feel like is more your mind, like separating your brain from your mind and how you're thinking about things. But yeah, I mean, First of all, I'm so proud of you that you got out of oh, that. Yeah, middle. we still are in the house now. I'm in the <laughs> closet of the house. So we actually did it. <laughs> right. And I'm sure that that was really hard to pull 10 years. years. Yeah. It took 10 years. Yep. Yeah. It was long. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> actually, true. you've known me too. You knew me at the end of it when I closed down the daycare. In my mind, that was, I think, a bad indication of being successful at getting out. But for me, that was one of them. And that made it hard because I had to close because of COVID. 
mm-hmm. n- not necessarily because I had hit some milestone I had set up for myself. And I think that also makes it clear that you have to make sure your milestones are movable and that they're a little bit fluid because this didn't happen the way I had pictured it, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. And it doesn't mean I'm not almost exactly where I want to be at this point, but it is certainly not the way I pictured it. So I had to be willing to let that be more fluid. That also goes back to like, shit will work the right way when it's time. Which I do, which I believe in. I don't because I'm a massive pessimist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very much a pessimist. So I'm like, I don't know, I guess. But I mean, that's also why like the magic rocks, I always make fun of Vivian for. (laughs) And I know she doesn't think they're fixing anything, but for her, they are helpful. And for me, the rocks, I think for her, they, and for other people, it sounds like depending on, you know, what they think it, it gives you something to sort of wrap your, your hope or movement or energy around that's physical in front of you. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't do that. Is that how you use those kind of physical objects? Honestly, I'm more universe driven, like shit will work when it's the right time to work as long as I'm working towards it. Okay. Yeah. And if I'm stagnant, then like I can't expect shit to work because I'm not doing anything to help myself. Crystals and stuff, I do buy them with the intention that they have, but I mostly stick them in my plants because they're pretty. <laughs> All right. I feel better. <laughs> yeah. I really don't want to shit on people who those things are important for because they're important. I'm such a pessimist and such a realist about certain things. And I think maybe because I sat in like a fairly consistent depression for such a long part of my life, not knowing that there was another way to be and not Mm -hmm. knowing that's what it was that I honestly thought like everybody kind of felt like that. Yeah. I thought that's what life was. Yeah. Like my friends who have never dealt with it, I'm just like, are you sure? (laughs) Or like, how, how, why doesn't my brain work like that? Uh, I know, I know. Even anxiety too, because I I have both. Actually, I also have ADHD and those all intersect for women a lot of times, especially when you're not diagnosed with ADHD until you're older. And I don't think I got that diagnosis until I was 40 something. Savage Intentions has three program options to help you on your journey of self-growth. Here's a little more information to help you decide which one is right for you. The Savage Intention community is a space created for you to step away from distractions and stresses of everyday life and focus on your journey with the support of an entire community with a similar purpose. It provides a weekly structure within each month's intention and a forum to ask questions, ask for support, encourage others, and unpack what may be holding you back. Our monthly intention boxes help you embrace yourself and make a commitment to your self-growth through intention setting. Filled with tools and gifts to surround and shield you with strength and energy, each box is meant to help start your journey. Last, we have the Savage Intentions Bundle. This is the full Savage Intentions experience, where you can embrace yourself and make the commitment to your self-growth through intention setting. 
and bring together both parts of the Savage Intentions community and our Savage Intentions boxes. Click the link in our show notes to begin your intention journey. I do think, though, what you said about the idea that the universe is what's making all these things happen, that it sounds like it's not action driven. But what you basically were saying is the universe is here, but I can't move forward through it unless I'm the one who makes the decision to do so. Yes, ma'am. Which is back to hope as a catalyst. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I definitely believe the universe is moving in its, you know, own special way, but I don't think it's going to help me if I'm not ready to help myself. I have to be the one to start that. Otherwise, you just get stuck in the same pattern of bullshit. Like, I hate being stagnant. I do not like it. I always want to be reaching for something and hope starts that for me. What do I want to change? Am I hopeful for that change? And why? How did I get here? That's perfect, though. That gives you a roadmap. And as mm-hmm. long as you're willing to be slightly fluid within your roadmap. Yeah. I know for me, sometimes it works better to work toward a feeling instead of a specific goal, because yeah. sometimes you can't hit that, but you can definitely hit the, the feeling that you want. You have to figure out what would give you that feeling. And maybe it's two or three different options, and then you can move forward off of that. I, I just think everybody's approach is different and that's okay. Yes. There isn't like a specific way to make this happen that you have to follow. And not everybody's going to work the same or have the same circumstances. Sometimes stuff's shitty because it's shitty. Mm -hmm. And okay with that. Like not everything in your life is going to be perfect. Right. And sometimes you have to be willing to let that be that way. And figure out maybe why it's that way, but you might not ever fix that. It may just be that you're moving away from the shit. You know, you you find a different way around. So I don't want to ever give people the impression that if there's this horribleness in front of you, that you got to plow straight through it and fix it. Sometimes you have to go around it. And that's going to sit there forever. Right. Or everybody operates at different speeds. Like we get that question in Savage all the time. Okay. When is my confidence going to be like yours? And it's the answer is, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that because everybody is different and you have to figure out your own speed in getting there. And it's okay. If some days are like, we are going to plow ahead. And then, you know, you're going to hit a wall probably because emotions are a thing. And then some, it might be a little bit slow and then you might plow and then it might be a little bit slow and that's totally okay. And I feel like, especially now in today's society, we're all hyper-focused on, okay, I'm going to go get this. Okay. I'm going to go do that. Okay. I'm going to be the best year. Okay. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to do all the things all at once. And we have to remember to slow down and enjoy the process, even though that shit might suck. Have yeah. Well, and honestly, sometimes that process informs and changes your ability to appreciate when you get to the place. 
Yeah. When you reach whatever it is that you want to have happen, and it can be little or big things, but if everything was just thrown at you and perfect, mm-hmm. I don't think it would mean as much. Not to say totally. that it wouldn't be nice if sometimes things were, you know, yeah. a leg up is perfectly fine. And I'm not saying don't let people help you um, yeah. or that you have to crawl through shit in order to get to everything. Right. But having that process, even if it was short for something little like that, that is part of the reason that you can enjoy where you got. Yes, exactly. Like let's parse it down to confidence. I was the least confident person ever for most of my life and not saying plastic surgery is bad because if you want to do it, go for it. But I could have just gone and paid to have all the things different that I didn't like and just take them away and fix that way. But I think I appreciate it so much more because I learned how to love me and I didn't even really change my body that much. I just learned how to, to fucking love it. But you had to be hopeful to make that happen. Yeah. yeah. Sat in hopelessness for a long ass time before that turned into hopeful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It wasn't until I got to a point where I was like, I'm not living in misery anymore that I didn't start working towards it. I like the journey. The journey sucked. (laughs) But then you savor those like little tiny moments where you find those things and you're like, oh, 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 that's there. Now, now I want more of it. Let me keep going. Exactly. Which is why these little pieces along the way are so important. Yeah. And recognizing them for yourself through this whole process, I've kind of started thinking about hope as this support behind you. That's Mm -hmm. gently moving you forward on your journey. And sometimes you have to lean way back on it for Mm -hmm. a second to to rest, but it's always there. And it's nice if you have these little wins so that you can reset your hope and set it back up. Yeah. I like that. It's kind of almost like, like a relay race. It is a little bit, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Or I I really feel like some of these things are a marathon that people are trying to sprint, Mm. you know, by themselves. And yeah, if you're going to do a bunch of sprints, it's more like a relay race. We just turned it into track, which I know zero things about. But I I feel like then you can do a bunch of little sprints. I I just feels like sometimes people are like, I'm going to make this happen. And then they full out sprint and then they just lose it. Like they are done. They're so tired. They can't deal with it anymore. It didn't work because they went all out too fast. And then the hopeless kicks itself in and they're like, shit didn't work. Never mind. Yeah. Or like, how do you maintain it? You can't, it's too tired. It's exhausting. Yeah. Like, and you're going to have moments where you slip up, right? Like I still have those. I'm not fucking perfect. And then I'm like, okay, this is so unreasonable you pull yourself out of it. You have to take the journey, understand the journey isn't going to be all positives all the time and figure out how to maintain it going forward once you hit your goal. Because you can't just hit a goal and then be like, all right, done. Bye. (laughs) We talked about celebrating your goals. And I think that's something that we don't do enough. Mm -hmm. We always want to wait and celebrate the end. And you got to celebrate the middle parts too. In pole classes, part of what 
helps people, especially when they're just starting and if they're struggling a lot, is as an instructor, finding smaller wins for them and then celebrating them with them. I'm going to call this your win right now because a lot of times they're looking at the long journey Mm -hmm. and they want to be this crazy, great pole dancer. I'm like, how about we start with just a little step here and let's call this a win because it fucking is. Yeah, it is a win. Yeah, I think that's a good place to stop because until you can get those two things separated for yourself, if you have both hopelessness and depression, you can't really put anything together. You really have to be able to to tease those two separately mm-hmm. and figure out which is which and where you need to go for help for one versus the other. Yeah, completely agree. Join us next week when I will be talking to Lisa Temple about her journey to find hope through having a young child with a rare genetic disorder and then finding herself fighting breast cancer in the middle of a pandemic.